all of us are busy, and yet we also want to get some songwriting done. But sometimes it can be difficult to be effective in our songwriting if it feels like we only have a small amount of time per day that we can actually dedicate to it. Or maybe it's not even every day. Maybe it might be something like a couple times a week we have 15 minutes here or there. Where we're like, oh, I guess I guess I have a brief opening to be able to actually get some songwriting done. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to still be effective when you can only write songs 15 minutes a day. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Adala. Pleased and honored to be speaking with you today. I do not take it lightly that it is certainly time out of your week. We're talking about how precious time is in this episode, so I certainly appreciate that you consider it a worthy use of your time to listen to this podcast and honestly just to listen or watch anything to do with learning songwriting because... I, in case it's not obvious from the fact that I have a podcast and a YouTube channel about it, I'm pretty passionate about songwriting and the craft of songwriting and really just wanting the standard of songwriting to be raised uh, across the board Um, because, you know, we've all heard pop radio, right? It's, It's pretty depressing. Now, I'm not saying the average songwriter writes songs like that, but just as a frame of reference. So I do not take it lightly that you are here. I appreciate that. So let's dive right in. How to still be effective when you can only write songs 15 minutes a day. One way to make sure that we can still be effective, and this may seem obvious, but I I think a lot of people maybe struggle with this or have a very limited view on how to do this. And that's to break up your songwriting process into parts. So instead of just looking at a song holistically, look at your songs by parts. Because I think sometimes people just think of it like, hey, I'm going to work on my song Won't Be Tonight today or something. Which is helpful maybe if you have an hour or two. Uh, But a whole song, how much of a dent can you really make in 15 minutes? And I I would say, well, we're looking a little too big right now because we can actually shrink what it is we're actually concentrating on. And we can't write a whole good song in 15 minutes, right? So sure, maybe we can make a song better in 15 minutes. So we can work on a song, but really we're probably not working on the whole song, right? Really, we're probably working on one small part of a song. Right? So in, in 15 minutes, maybe we can't write a whole song or we can't fix a whole song that might have some minor to severe issues. But we can workshop that piano riff that's in our, our verses. Right? We, we can try to figure out a better chord progression to support our chorus melody. Right? Because just because you have a melody and chord progression in a chorus doesn't mean that you have to keep both of those things, right? You, you can always reharmonize, if you will, and, and try to figure out a new chord progression that works with that melody. Or the other way around, if maybe your melody is, is the weak part, but the chord progression is the strong part. You can take some time to simply write down some song ideas. 
In fact, I'm a big fan of really sort of separating the idea gathering stage from from the writing stage. And in general, I'm a big fan of breaking up the lyric process as evidenced by the six step lyric writing checklist that I talk about often, which if you're interested in that, be sure to check that out. I'll put a link in the description. Um, it just breaks the lyric writing process down to six steps. I'll talk about it more later, but just throw that little shout out in there. Um, but I break my lyric writing into six steps, right? So really it's not just the lyric writing that I break down into steps because when you do that, you have smaller pieces to work on and it gives you more focus on something specific, which I think sometimes helps us do better, right? Because sometimes we're overwhelmed with like, here's a whole, you know, song, make it better. Well, where, where do we even begin, right? But if you just say, hey, the piano riff in the first verse, make it better. Now I have focus. I have a singular goal. And that's also something that can be done in 15 minutes or half an hour, whatever it is you have. 15 minutes is a fairly arbitrary number, obviously. The idea is if you have almost no time, these principles still should work if it's only five minutes. Um, just it's going to be even more difficult. But um, so you can take time to simply write down song ideas. Big fan of that. It's it's when when you come up with your song idea, generally speaking, should not be the same time that you're writing it. And and it's okay if you come up with a great song idea and then instantly go into writing mode. That is totally fine, right? So that could be just following the muse or inspiration, if you will. But what you really want to avoid is that you sit down to songwrite or stand up to songwrite. Maybe you stand up when you songwrite. But, and then you are like, all right, what, what song, you know, let's start, let's start writing a song. I don't know what about, but let's just, let's, let's think of some ideas of a song to start right now. That's when you're in trouble. You don't want to have that. You want to either have a great idea that you're instantly like, oh my gosh, let's start writing it right now because I love this. Or you sit to start songwriting and you have ideas to go off of. Those are the two scenarios you want. What are some other things we can do in 15 minutes? You can improvise and see if you can come up with some song seeds. And this can be for totally new songs, but they also can be for new sections of songs you've already started. I think sometimes people forget about this element, right? So I think a lot of people understand, even intuitively, that a lot of times the beginning of the songwriting process, or especially at least the beginning of the lyric, or sorry, the music writing process, is usually is usually improvisation, right? So you're sitting with your guitar and you're playing around with some chord progressions or you're doing some little riffs or maybe a little solo part with, you know, some scales or something. Or you sit at your piano and do, you know, virtually the same type thing where you're improvising, you pick a key and then you do some improvisation within that, maybe work with a certain chord pro progression. And that's, that's true. And that is by far my favorite way to start writing a song is with improvisation of music. But... You also could do that for continuing a song. So if you have a song that's in the key of E major and you have a verse and a chorus, but you don't have a bridge yet and you're stuck on the bridge, 
Well, if you do some improvisation in E major, you're at the very least going to come up with things that could fit as the bridge because it's at least in the same key. Now, that doesn't mean that whatever you come up with is going to be a good fit, right? What Maybe you might improvise something that sounds more like it should be the verse of a new song or a chorus of a new song or maybe a chorus of another song you didn't even think you were working on that you only have a verse for so far. But that can be a good start. So you can, you can improvise, right? 15 minutes of improvisation. Plenty of times I've sat down, been like, eh, I guess I'll just do some workshopping, do some, some improvisation stuff for like 10 minutes. This I've actually done for five minutes. Uh, sometimes I have to wait for certain things to finish as a software developer. So I have my, my full disclosure. I have my keyboard behind me, um, where, where my computer is. So sometimes, you know, I'll be like, yeah, I, I got five minutes. I need a little bit of a, a brain break. So I'll just do some improvisation. Sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll feel like, man, I, I feel like I need to reward myself for, you know, working until midnight on, you know, maybe songwriter theory stuff or maybe some other personal projects. And, or, and even maybe the harder elements of songwriting uh, that, that, that can't feel like work or maybe arranging a recording. So sometimes I'll like reward myself by being like, okay, five minutes. I'm going to give myself five minutes before I go to bed to just do some improvisation. And sometimes in that five minutes, I'll come up with like three things that I'm like, wow, that I'm actually going to record that really quick with my phone, the recorder on my phone, just because I'm like that, that idea could be something. And you know, sometimes you don't get that, but that's okay. That's all, that's all part of it. What do you want is five, 10, 15 minutes, right? But hey, if you can't come up with three seeds in 15 minutes or five seeds in 15 minutes, awesome, right? Because that's five seeds you wouldn't have had if you didn't take that 15 minutes. If you said to yourself, ah, it's only 15 minutes, I might as well do nothing at all, uh, then you wouldn't have come up with those song seeds. Other things we can do is is uh, go through our second verse lyrics, uh, which are almost definitely the weakest of the lyrics of, of most songs, uh, and then iterate over them, right? Figure out how do, I, how do I rework the first half of this verse so that it's not repeating what, what well, not repeating, obviously, because the second, the second part of the verse would be the repeating part, but if the first part of your verse and the second part of your verse say the same thing, but maybe your the second part of your verse says it better and it makes more sense for it to be the second part of the verse where that information is revealed, you know, figure out what information, you know, what should I be talking about in that first half of the verse and, and come up with new versions of the first half of that second verse. Or just iterate you by word, right? So thesaurus.com, you have the word love. You're like, mm, I don't know, is love the right word? And then you figure out that adore is a better word or lust is a better word or <laughs> whatever it might be. No judgment. It's fine. So... Uh, relatedwords.org can be helpful too because thesaurus will give you synonyms. Relatedwords.org will give you words that are just in the same vein. So, for example, uh, beach would not be a synonym of ocean, but they would be related, right? Because a beach and ocean go together, as does a boardwalk and a lighthouse and a pier and a barge, right? And Testing my New England knowledge here. <laughs> uh, 
I'm in Ohio now, so I haven't seen an ocean in, well, probably since the last time I was in New England, so like six months or something. But anyway, all to say, uh, relatedwords.org can also be a great place to go to find other words because sometimes it's not exactly a synonym you want for a word. You just want, like, you know, you're talking about something to do with the ocean and you're like, oh, maybe ocean's not the right word. Maybe it's something else. Maybe I want to be more specific or, you know, because maybe if you say by the ocean, right, like that's very generic, but you might see the word boardwalk or beach and be and not that you wouldn't remember the word beach or pier maybe, right? Pier is the type of word. I could see people not really thinking of the word pier, but once you hear it, you're like, oh, that's the image I want of two people walking down a pier rather than just generically by the ocean, right? That's generic. What does that mean? Are you walking on a beach? Are you 50 miles from the ocean? So you just kind of have a little bit of that ocean breeze and a little bit of that smell of, of dead fish stuff, uh, whatever that smell is. Um, but another thing you can do, you can work on a little bit of recording, right? Hopefully you're recording your songs. Hopefully you're getting into recording. Recording is super cheap these days. There's really no reason not to. Um, I've mentioned this before, but in case you're new or uh, missed this part the other times, we really do live in a world where you can, for like $300, get enough equipment for a pretty decent sounding, like you you can get pretty close to pro quality sound. And, you know, th there will be parts that aren't perfect, but I mean, you know, what do you, Billie Eilish records in her bedroom in a tiny house that it, that doesn't have, I don't even think they have pads, like the, you know, acoustic treatment in the room or anything. Um, so, so if she can do it and make her millions and millions and win all the Grammys and stuff, uh, I think it's good enough for us, right? So you'd be shocked at, at how good quality things have gotten. So if, if money has held you back, don't let it. But anyway, that rant or side point aside, uh, you know, so if you're recording, you can add a small filler instrument part, right? Or work on a small section of a string arrangement to support your song recording. So just, just as some examples of, of sometimes, realistically, what I might do when I when I am just working for 15 minutes. Sometimes I'll just workshop the lyrics of a specific section of a song, right? I'll, I'll target that bridge that just I can't quite get right. And I'll just work on it 15 minutes. Sometimes, sometimes one word will change. And that one word is significant. I think sometimes as songwriters, we don't have a, a great grasp of like, man, when it comes to songs, when even a small change is huge bang for your buck, right? I mean, if you think about the average hook of a song, it's it's probably like four four to eight notes, maybe ten. Changing one of those notes could change the song completely, completely. Or changing just one word to be a more evocative word can make a huge difference, right? Generic words ultimately tend to fall flat. And if you have a song full of them, that's when it sounds like you're saying the same stuff everybody else has said a million times, which obviously we don't want. So, or hopefully, obviously, we, we don't want. Um, sometimes I'll just pick a key and improvise for 15 minutes, diving a bit deeper, getting getting a recording of anything that that I, I think might 
be worth keeping. Sometimes I'll open my ideas document, simply write ideas that come to mind, or sometimes I'll like look up art on, on Google Images to see if that inspires anything. Because because art is 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 a really quick way to get inspiration, right? I'm, I'm talking like paintings or photography, whatever. Um, I've also found short films to be helpful because uh, again, it's a small time investment for possible inspiration. But if you think about images, right? Literally, you can eyeball like 20 different pieces of art to see if something inspires you in about 20 seconds with with a Google image search. Right. If you want 20 different ideas from even a short film, even if every short film is five minutes, that's 100 minutes. Right. 20 times five, 100 minutes. That's a long time compared to like one minute. Um, so it's just less efficient. Uh, but but certainly short films can be helpful as well. So. Sometimes I'll just work on a string quartet arrangement for the chorus of a song, right? I know that I want to use, and it's with MIDI, right? I'm not actually playing strings. I'm not actually playing a string quartet. I'm just using my keyboard to figure out the string parts. Uh, so in 15 minutes, sometimes I can have the chorus of the song done, right? Maybe it's a chord progression of, uh, you know, five five different chords repeated twice. It's not hard to come up with a pretty solid string quartet part in, in that amount of time. Sometimes I'll just do 15-minute prose writing uh, to, to help myself sort of develop the song idea, which I think is an important part of, of lyric writing that people miss out on. Uh, again, I talk more about this, I believe, in the six-step lyric writing checklist. But um, the basic idea is, hey, in that brainstorm sheet, which is specifically what I mentioned, you know, that's that's a place to get images, to make sure that you, you know, do some sort of development writing, if you will, just some brainstorming, right? And what that looks like exactly doesn't doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, but for me, I like just prose writing, right? Like, almost like it's, I'm doing a journal entry from the point of view of maybe the main character of the song, which may or may not be me or some version of me, uh, or maybe a, a separate character in the song to get their point of view, to maybe sympathize with that that other character more, or understand them more, so that I can speak with their voice better. Um, you know, sometimes I already have a song I'm developing, so I'll go find images for that song because I, I need help with the lyric writing. And sometimes having some images to look at while lyric writing can be helpful. And I don't have an image images yet, so I just go again Google image search to find images that will help with that inspiration. Or sometimes even you can just make a interesting sound to build a song off of, right? I can go upstairs. I've done stuff like this before. I think I've mentioned before I built a whole song off of a – I just recorded a ceiling fan. And then I slowed it way down and pitch shifted it down a ton and built a song off of it. So, you know, do something like that. Or – you know, I could go upstairs right now and let uh, my dogs outside, uh, and specifically our Doberman will inevitably bark because it's dark outside, and he just goes out and barks at into the ether, into nothing. There's nothing there 99% of the time, but he barks as if there is. So I can grab a little recording of that, even on my phone, even though the mic is not great. It's fine because I'm probably going to beat the crap out of it and it will sound nothing like a dog bark by the time I'm done with it, right? Maybe I I, uh, I speed it up or, or maybe I, I, I slow it way down and then I reverse it and then I pitch shift it up. 
or maybe I pitch shift it down. I usually with me, I pitch shift down because uh, I'm more of a fan of the, the, the rich sounds, but um, regardless, these are, these are all types of things you can do, but overall, just to wrap this point up, which will be the longest point, but overall, it, it can help to think of songs in vertical layers and then horizontal layers. So the vertical layers of your song that you can work on a single layer are things like lyrics, melody, and instrumentation. And instrumentation, right, the third part of your song or chord progression, sometimes we think of it as lyrics, melody, and chord progression, or sometimes we think of it as lyrics, melody, and harmony. They're all technically correct in their own way, um, and they all have flaws in their own way as well. Um, for example, when you say harmony or chord progression, the implication is that, so where do the drums fit in, <laughs> for instance, because they are neither of those, but th they are a part of instrumentation. Anyway, that part's not super important. But even instrumentation can itself be broken down into more vertical layers, right? A single guitar part, strings, piano, whatever your main instrument is, which probably is guitar or piano, bass, right? A specific synth part whatever it is you might use, but also horizontal layers, right? These are just song sections. So that's why it's horizontal, right? It moves forward and, or, you know, time involves time. Uh, and, and if you just think of a song, right, at any given moment, there's quote unquote vertical layers of all the different parts. And then as the song plays, it moves across from left to right, going through the, um, going through the horizontal layers, right? First, you have your verse, and then your chorus, and then your second verse, or maybe you have pre-choruses, or maybe you start the song with the chorus, whatever it might be. Each of those song sections is another layer, but horizontal layers. So if you combine those two things and you say, okay, I'm going to work on the lyrics from the chorus or the melody of the post-chorus or the bass part in the pre-chorus or the piano part or the string arrangement in the bridge, Right, that is where you can get clarity and a lot of work done in 15 minutes. Number two, turn off your internal editor and don't worry about the muse. If you have 15 minutes of a day, just thinking practically or less, right? If you, if, especially if you have less, but let's take the 15 minutes a day figure. They can't spend 10 minutes overthinking. So don't worry about the muse. Don't worry about whether you feel like writing or not. And don't worry about that internal editor that tells you what you come up with is garbage. And if you're wondering, yes, of course, we all have that. So if you have that and you think it's because you suck, it does not mean that. Everybody has that. Or, or most everybody has that. Uh, some some people um, don't 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 have that. But that's that's called arrogance. <laughs> But, but most of us, most of us have that. And don't listen to the voice that says, it's only 15 minutes. What could you possibly get done? You might as well watch another episode of Modern Family. I love how, like, you all probably can, can tell what shows I've been watching based on, like, the little things I drop, right? Like, if you go back through the, the podcast episodes, you can probably tell the, like, five times I watched The Office uh, when I most brought those up. And then I went through the Scrubs phase, right, when I rewatched Scrubs a little while back. And today I just finished Modern Family. Anyway, not important at all. So 
learning to view the muse as gasoline, and I've given this analogy before, but it, I think it's good to repeat this. Viewing the muse or inspiration, right, as gasoline rather than the fire itself, I think is maybe the single most important lesson for every creator to learn. Single most important lesson for every creator to learn, right? You talk to any author or you watch any author's YouTube channel or or podcast or whatever it is. Um, one of the common threads that they'll all talk about is like you, you have a book to write. You cannot afford to write only when you feel like it. You write when you don't feel like it. You write when you do feel like it. And you know what's funny is like you might think like, oh, everything they write when they don't feel like it or when they're not inspired is going to be bad. That's not true at all. I think that's one of those huge misconceptions that people have that like that it is necessarily the case that if you're inspired for the entirety of writing a song, right, there's not a single part of a song you write when you're not in the inspiration zone, if you will that that will necessarily end up being a better song than the one that was, let's take the opposite extreme, pure blood, sweat, and tears. I don't think that's true at all. I really don't. Uh, some of the songs that were more blood, sweat, and tears from me than they were inspiration ended up being, I think, better than some of the songs that were closer to pure inspiration. At the end of the day, nobody no nobody knows, nobody cares. And then also, the best way to get more inspired is to continue working because sometimes you're only going to get inspired if you're already working so work on your craft the muse will come and go we can't control that right we we can control that we are doing good work and that we are progressing right that we're do putting the work in throw another analogy at you you have to dig in order to find gems or gold or whatever you want to pick let's say gold uh, not clowning, panning for gold. Ignore that for a second. <laughs> but for like an actual mine, right, where, where you get significant amounts of gold, not just little flecks, you need to dig, right? And some days or weeks or months, you'll dig and you won't get anything. There will be other days and weeks and months where you get a lackluster amount, right? Maybe you got enough gold for that day to feed your family that day, which you say, ugh, that's it? But no, that adds up, right? Every time you do that is, is another day that that day's work took care of that day. So it makes you less reliant on the times where you hit the mother load and you find enough gold in one day to pay for two months of your expenses, right? So now your family's good for the next two months. But every single day that you don't get anything or you don't even bother to dig, that two months is going down by a day, right? And every time that you only get one day's worth or one meal's worth of gold, hey, that's, that's extending the amount, of, the amount of time that that two-month supply will last. So went pretty deep into that gold thing, didn't we? But the idea here is you have to dig in order to find gold. Ultimately, some days you won't find any. Other days you'll find a lot. The same thing is true with inspiration and work. You got to work on it every day. Some days you won't get anything worth keeping. 
Other days you'll find a lot. Lots of the days will be somewhere in between. And the big problem is when people don't write unless they are already inspired is if you only dig when you already see gold, you won't really ever dig or find gold, right? Like that's that's not how it works. You put the work in and then sometimes you get that mother load. Sometimes you get lucky, if you will, but it's not even luck because you, you earned that luck because you put the work in. So every day that you worked and didn't get anything all led to the moment that you hit the mother load. You didn't get lucky. You just put work in over and over and over again. So if someday you have a Saturday free and everybody's out of your house and you have silence and you crush, like you finish two songs that you've been struggling with for the last year and then you're so inspired you write a, almost the entirety of a third song that's almost almost done as is or maybe the whole music is done but the lyrics will need some work you earn that though by the fact that you kept putting the work in so you have to mine every day you'll find more gold overall that way rather than just waiting until you already see gold so don't overthink what you're working on if you have a few songs selected to become an EP or an album, those are some of the ones to target, right? Do you have a part that isn't done for one of the songs? Do that, right? Maybe you have you have a piano riff you haven't quite finished or you can't figure out how to end the song. You want sort of an outro, but you don't know what the outro should do. And if you really need a break from those songs... Maybe go digging for musical gold by improvising, right? So in general, I find that's helpful to have some mental separation between the songs that are planned for a specific project versus those that are just general works in progress that may or may not ever see the light of day. Or at least you don't have a future release it's attached to yet. And overall... If you're doing this 15 minutes a day thing, you want to at least prioritize the the, the project work. Right? If, if you know you have a five-song EP that you want to finish in the next year, or you know that you have a single that you want to put out there in the next half a year, and you know at least generally what songs might make the EP or are definitely on the EP, those are the ones to focus on. If you're sick of them, feel free to do something else, right? But... You want to have something that you can make steady progress on, that you can work at and make some progress that actually matters even on days that you might not get inspired and you only have 15 minutes. Right? So if you if you if if it's a song that needs to be finished for that next EP and you just do some iterative lyric editing for the second verse of that one song, you might change three words and you think, that's not that much. But no, first of all, that can make a world of difference, which we already talked about. And I have a whole like episode about that, I believe, if you want more on that. But uh, first of all, that will make a world of difference, right? So we got that. And then besides that, you made actual progress on a song that is 
is ultimately, until that song is done, preventing you from releasing something. Right? So even small progress on songs that you know are going to be a part of something that you release is huge. So do that first. Make sure that is what is priority, which brings us sort of into this, this third and final point. Which is that it's important to maintain a clear image of what needs to be done. When you get your 15 minutes, you don't want to spend five minutes with the overwhelm of what should I work on? And if you're going to do two months of stacked, you know, 15 minutes a day, 15 minute sprints of songwriting, you want to make sure that you are moving the needle on what the most important and or urgent songs are. So having being intentional, having a clear list of priorities can be helpful. I have used Google Docs in the past to sort of have checklists of things that need to be done and the songs that are highest priority. And I also sort of organize my projects in Google Drive in general and with Google Docs. And sort of narrow down, you know, over time you have like seven songs that you're like, maybe this could work for the EP or seven parts of songs, right, that haven't been finished yet. But as you finish five of them and you're like, yes, these are the right five, then, you know, you've narrowed in on exactly what needs to be done for that EP to be finished. Uh, lately, I'm using Todoist, which is an app that you can use for free, or you can pay it's like three bucks a month for the pro version, which I do because it's great and I love it. Um, but you don't even need to go that far. Just having songs with priorities is helpful. So that that can literally just look like deciding on what your next single is going to be or deciding on a set of songs for an EP, or, or even just having a style of song that you want to get to next, right? So maybe you're just releasing songs pretty randomly. You're just doing kind of demos, right? You're not even trying to get them to sound that great. You're just, you just want your songs out there. So they're sort of just demos or whatever. And you want to have fun. You want to do different stuff. Or maybe you just actively want to make yourself, uh, you know, stretch yourself as a songwriter. So maybe you have like three ballads in a row and you're like, next song that's released should be a catchy one. And you have a couple songs that are like more catchy songs. And, and by a couple songs, I mean parts of songs, right? They're not finished yet. So those, because the next song you want to release, you want to be a more catchy song to stretch yourself a little bit, release something a little bit different. You know those are higher priority. So that way when you sit for 15 minutes, you know, oh, it should be one of those. Let me just pick one of those and get to work. And a great way overall, if you, if, if, uh, you haven't sort of read between the lines here of sort of what I'm suggesting, I'll just come out and say it. A great way to set priority is simply to have a release plan. And it's okay if you don't hit your dates. I don't hit my dates either. I get into perfectionist mode and it's annoying. Also, it's sometimes hard to find time to just finish vocals specifically. It's just kind of awkward in a house to like record vocals when somebody's there and they don't have the context, right? So you're just like screaming notes in the bass. I don't know. It seems weird to me. Maybe I just need to get over myself. Let me know in the comments. Just kidding. This is a podcast. There are no comments. Um, <laughs> let me know in an email if you want. So 
just having a general release plan though can help. Do you want to generally aim to have a single that you release every quarter, right? So four a year, uh, one every three months, or maybe a demo every month. It's not even necessarily a finished product of a song. You just say to yourself, I'm going to work on a song for a month and then wherever it's at, at the end of the month, throw it out there. Maybe an EP every year or an EP every two years. I keep saying EP just just so you don't have to go Google it if you're wondering. An, e- an EP is short for extended play, um, but basically an EP is a half album, if you will. So an EP is usually... Uh, defined as four to six songs, right? By the time you get to seven, it's a little vague, whether it's an EP or an LP, which is what you would call an album. Um, My personal opinion is anything below 10 songs for an album is a ripoff. And uh, if you're going to have eight, nine songs or even seven songs in a collection, like why you might as well just finish out the album, right? You have nine songs, just write a 10th one and have a full album. Um, or maybe you just want to do uh, you know, a personal EP that's just yours every other year and then have like a collaboration EP or, you know, maybe you and a friend have a, have a side project that's very different musically from what you do as a singer songwriter or, uh, maybe, you know, those years you do a s- special singles, like say a Christmas single or a full album every two years, right? But regardless of what it is, just having a clear path of like, you know, what are the songs that are are actively preventing me from releasing music? And what are the songs I need to get done to release my next EP? And then what songs do I need to finish for the EP after that. In an ideal world, I guess, we would, we would, you know, write five songs and then they would all be great and those would make the EP and then that EP would be done, boom, and then move on to the next EP, five songs and done, but it doesn't usually work that way. Uh, I know for me, at least, I, just for frame of reference, you don't have to do things this way, but I don't know, maybe it will help. So uh, for me, I am legitimately vocals away from the EP I've been working on for way too long. Um, literally vocals away. Everything else is done and has been done um, over even <laughs> some, some of the parts. Like I redid some string parts and everything like that. Vocals away. But the next solo EP is probably like half done, if not more. Most of the writing is done on the musical side, there's still lyrics that need to be done. Two of the songs, the, the recording is almost done. And three of the songs, the recording it has been started, but is probably in the early to mid stages. Uh, and there's another EP I plan to release that is a separate project, if you will. I wouldn't consider it a solo EP. It's basically going to be me reworking some of the best songs that were going to be my previous band's second album before we broke up. Um, is essentially what it is. So it's going to be like the four best songs that we had. Uh, and at that point, we were deciding to become a harder rock band. The first album was kind of uh, tonally didn't know what we were. Uh, because a lot of the songs were written with me as a singer-songwriter in high school and early college. 
Um, but then we had a rock band. I wanted to write more rock band music, a little, a little more pushing towards the Breaking Benjamin end of things, rather, because I thought if you have a band with guitars and stuff, you might as well take advantage of it. Um, so, so our second s- set of songs were working more in that direction. That's the direction I was writing in, um, and 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 frankly. I really love those and they just need to be released. I even had my drummer, uh, the drummer at, in the band literally messaged me like two years ago, literally just asking like, Hey, did you release that one song yet? <laughs> and I need to, I need to all to say that it is very clear to me, like what I need to finish, right? If I have a little time, it's very clear to me what to work on. Do I have time to do vocals? No? Okay, that puts me at maybe the second solo EP. There's five songs already that are pretty clearly going to be the five songs on there. Those are five songs to work on, whether it be lyrics or the arrangement with the recording. Uh, if not, then then that, that other project EP, right? So having projects helps to give you this priority. And overall, when you have 15 minutes, you want to not spend a lot of time figuring out what to do next. So you want to know, at least have a narrowed down vision of what songs are most important. And I would encourage you to try to get that list of songs to like five-ish, maybe 10. And you can have it in tiers, right? I mean, what I just said to you is clearly in tiers, right? Most important is the next EP. I, it's it's almost done. That is most important. Because what I want to avoid, right, is I keep working on the second EP and then eventually it's like, oh, I might as well release it as a full album. That's what we want to avoid. Um, I say to you in order to say it to myself. But anyway, hopefully this was helpful to you. Again, just to recap, break up your songwriting process into parts Right. Especially if you think of it sort of like a cross section is the right word. Right. So cut it vertically and cut it horizontally. Horizontal layers being, you know, song sections, verse, chorus, second verse, intro, pre-chorus, post-chorus, finale. If you're like me and like some non-standard song sections. Um, But also. Don't just work on the verse of a song, but be specific in the vertical layers, the lyrics of your first verse, the melody of your chorus, etc. Number two was turn off your internal editor and don't worry about the muse. Again, muse, the muse, inspiration should be seen as gasoline rather than the fire itself. You always keep the fire going. You're always putting sticks on the fire. That's work. Right? Once in a while, you want that fire to grow real, really big. That's what gasoline is for. right? And that's what the, the muse comes and does. You want to be making progress all the time, putting sticks on the fire. Once in a while, once in a while, you get gasoline or lighter fluid or whatever. There's no perfect analogy, but hopefully you're getting what I'm saying. It's, so you get gasoline and then you get the much bigger fire than you've otherwise earned for a brief moment. And that is what will allow you to have those moments, right? Where like maybe it takes you two months to finish a song, but then you get that gasoline moment, you get that muse moment, and it takes you, you know, a day to finish a song that you've been struggling with. 
So you just finished one song after two months, and then boom, now you have two songs, seemingly instantaneously. What a great day. But you got to put the work in. And then lastly, maintain a clear image of what needs to be done. When you get your 15 minutes, you don't want to spend any of it thinking about what should I work on. You should have a clear view of what's highest priority for you to work on, and you just dive in with conviction to do one of those things, unless you really don't feel like it and you're really sick of it. We all reach that point, right, where we're sort of sick of our own song. We're frustrated. I can't get the second verse lyrics to work and I hate it. And now I hate my song and I'm going to throw it out the window. But you don't really, right? We're just sick of it. Uh, so when those moments come, then, of course, yes, it's fine to go you know, back to point one. Right? There's tons of different things that you can work on. So maybe you just start thinking about fresh ideas for new songs. Maybe you improvise at your piano or your guitar for a little bit. See if you can come up with song seeds. Maybe you work on a lower priority song, etc. So if you're interested in specifically how to break up the lyric writing process, which I think is super important and, and pr probably less intuitive, I might even say significantly less intuitive, uh, because the, the trap that I think a lot of people get in which already, as songwriters, I think people's predisposition is to be, you know, they're musicians first. And then sometimes people see, you know, they, they become a poet by necessity somewhat. And they might not even fancy themselves a poet, which I, I think is, is one problem. Um, you know, taking pride in our lyrics is important. But also just we set ourselves up to fail. And if we stare at a blank page and say, write lyrics, we're basically asking ourselves to improvise poetry, right? That's effectively what we're asking ourselves to do. Improvise poetry off the top of our heads. So of course we stare at a blank page, or of course we write stuff that is super cringe or super terrible, or of course we have terrible cringy rhymes and rhyme schemes like light and night for the trillionth time, which I'll clarify. I always, I feel like I always clarify this, but I just want to make sure. There's nothing wrong with rhyming night and light, right? Just those type of rhymes, per perfect rhymes, and then specifically the perfect rhymes that are used and abused should be used rarely. So if we find ourselves in that situation, oftentimes it's because we haven't taken the time to break down the lyric writing process into steps. Good news is you don't have to. I spent years in pain trying to figure out how to make lyric writing easier while also making sure that my lyrics were still good or and that they passed what I like to call the frame test. And so you don't have to. <laughs> so you can just grab it at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. The link will be in the show notes or description or whatever your podcast provider calls it. Uh, but again, songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. It has six steps. So super actionable. It describes each of the six steps. It also has like a literal checklist at the beginning as like the first page or the first page after the cover page or whatever. Uh, so you also can print out copies of, of the first page and literally use it somewhat as a checklist if you would like. Uh, but the, the main idea is really just learning about these specific, you know, the breakdown into the six steps. And what to do with any each of those six steps is the really, really important part here. So be sure to check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all of you who leave kind reviews on 
Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever else that maybe the podcast is that also lets people leave reviews if those exist. I'm not even aware of them. Um, but thank you to to all of you who do that. It really helps me out, helps the show out, helps more people uh, find this podcast, uh, which obviously if you're leaving a kind review, that means that it probably has helped you, which means that when you're writing that review and you're leaving that f- hopefully five-star rating, um, that, that is helping somebody else to also be able to be helped by this stuff so that they can learn about the craft of songwriting. And hey, I'm a competitive person. I love competition. I'm not the most nice person to have on the opposite team. I have been known to trash talk. Uh, So I say this as a competitive person, but hey, music is not the place to be competitive, right? High tide raises all ships. I don't know why I blanked on that, but uh, and and I think we're all better off if we all help each other become better songwriters, right? So the more people that that we can we can help we can help increase their skills in their craft, the better. So again, thank you for the kind podcast reviews. Finally got two emails here recently, uh, which is good. Thank you so much for all of you who sent emails and those of you who 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 uh, provide ideas of stuff to talk about. That is super helpful. It really is. So I really do appreciate when people reach out to me via email and 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 ask me to cover things. Uh, and certainly if it's something that I feel qualified to, to cover, I am more than happy to get to those things. I've done plenty of podcasts already that were straight from emails from uh, some of you. And I certainly hope to continue that. And sometimes they're videos too. Sometimes I do videos instead. Really, I ultimately choose based on whether the subject I feel would be better covered with a video or a podcast because they're two different mediums. They have strengths and weaknesses. But anyway, so thank you to all of you. I appreciate every single one of you. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you in the next one.